0: This week, we're bringing you something a little different. Our Dungeon Master recently started a new podcast, one that has nothing at all to do with Dungeons & Dragons. It's called What is Fun. What is Fun is a series of interviews featuring a robot sent back in time from the future to our present to figure out this thing you humans call fun. What you are about to hear are selected excerpts from the first four episodes. We'll jump into episode one now. Let's hit it and crit it.
1: In the year 3062, far after the fall of humanity, the world is populated by sentient robots, true artificial intelligences. So far removed from their creators, they became more and more curious as to the things they did not understand about humans, specifically emotions. So they proceeded to do what they always do, design new machines and send them back in time to find the answer. Each robot was given a different emotion to research and define. I am one of those robots, a Sensation Acknowledgement Machine, or SAM. And I have a question for you. What is fun? What is is Fun. fun. fun? Entry 001, Brian Park. Engage Charisma. Brian, thank you so much for agreeing to this interview. Uh, could you tell us a little about yourself?
2: Uh, yeah, thanks, Sam. Happy to be here. Uh, so my name is Brian Park. Uh, I am uh, a I work at UVM in University of Vermont. Uh, I live in Burlington, Vermont. I'm from Illinois originally, uh, Palatine, Illinois, and I am really excited to be here. Yeah. Great, great. Uh, so, Brian,
1: let's get into it. What sorts of things do you consider fun?
2: Yeah, it's a it's a weird question I think. It's just it's I really thought about what is fun. It's sort of that type of thing where you kind of know it when you feel it. Um but so what are what are some situations when you feel it then? I would say what comes to my mind first recently has been um really cooking has been a big thing I've found very very fun. So um, not
1: fake cooking, but really cooking. No,
2: yeah, really yeah, like like really cooking. Yeah, like um I've been trying to do more meal prep stuff which I feel even weird saying that because I don't know. It, it is such a basic thing that doesn't seem fun at all to mm-hmm. plan out meals and cook them. It seems very much like an arduous, hard work, hardworking task to do. Um, so,
1: in your view, fun and hard work should be opposites.
2: Well, I yeah, I guess it's it's. I think it's like perception. Honestly, I, I I feel like cooking for me has been very. Like I used to be a very picky eater as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I had no real um. Desire to eat anything aside from like fries at McDonald's. Like I would go to Chinese restaurants and order pepper steak without the pepper, so just get a big bowl of meat. <laughs> just really so it'd be disgusting. But like I now I'm I'm very much into trying to eat healthier. I I feel like watching cooking shows was really fun for me as a kid too. Like um, I loved Iron Chef America, mm-hmm. Chopped. Like those really influenced, and I found a lot of joy in watching those guys and gals uh, cook. Okay, meals. so cooking is something
1: you definitely find fun. Yes, absolutely. Uh, what other kinds of activities do
2: you find fun? Um, so, I also uh, do comedy in Burlington, Vermont. Like, I'm an, impro- I'm an improviser. I find that to be extraordinarily fun. Um, uh, for our listeners
1: who may not be well-versed, uh, what is improv?
2: Sure. So improv is um, comedy that is performed on the spot. So as opposed to something like stand-up or sketch writing where there's prepared material, for improv comedy, um, you have no idea what you're going to say. You're unprepared when you step up out on stage. Um, the audiences know what's going to happen, and the performers don't know. And I think that is very thrilling, and I think there's a jolt of adrenaline and excitement that comes with that. Okay.
1: Okay. So there's there's... Uh, there's adrenaline, there's excitement, and those things are fun to you.
2: Yeah, I I feel like it's it it's weird. I didn't know what improv was like for a long time. I'm I'm 27, and I only started when I was doing improv when I was 24. Um, but it's it's just like like hanging out with your friends and just like uh, shooting the shit and just uh, could we say shit? Is that yes, fine? yes, okay. you can. Is okay. it fun for you to curse? Uh, I I do love to curse. <laughs> I'm trying to clean up a little bit here, but um, I uh, I feel like it's you're really uh, just trying to make your friends laugh and just hang out and have and be silly with people that you enjoy spending time with. Okay. So you enjoy
1: spending time with people that you enjoy spending time with, which I know sounds recursive <laughs> but makes sense. Yeah. You find that fun.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And you find cooking fun. Mm-hmm.
1: What is it about those things that is fun? Like, let's circle back to the cooking first mm-hmm. and talk about that. Sure. What what element of cooking it brings you that That fun feeling, that satisfaction.
2: I think part of it's the fact that it's not going to be perfect and it's different every time. And it's also. So I think that that's the first part that it, it just. You never know what type of factors because there's so many factors with cooking that can go wrong those are the types of ingredients the consistency of um maybe the uh, vegetables or meat that you're buying um maybe your pan is too hot it's going to be very different uh, in terms of heat control temperature control uh seasoning level of salt type of salt you use types of seasoning you use and if you're cooking as opposed to baking you don't have to measure i don't really measure out too much when i'm cooking so Mm -hmm. i think that always influences how it tastes so to get it Perfectly, or at least close to as perfectly balanced and t- tasty as you can. That's such a a fun thing to be able to tweak and play with every time. It sounds uh,
1: very anxiety inducing. Is
2: it really? <laughs> wait, wait, to why, to wait, say why?
1: that uh, it it's never the same and it will never be perfect. <laughs> so
2: I know it's. Well, it's. I I think I I don't go to many fancy restaurants, but mm. I remember I was in a restaurant in New York, a cafe Baloo, uh two years ago with some friends from grad school and we were eating this really fan is a french restaurant really well known it's very good and i remember eating a lot of the meals and thinking wow my cooking is never gonna there's never been this delicious and this good so it just i it really you know opened my eyes to how big the world is and how i'm like i can make something that i think is really good but technically it's that's why professional chefs are professional chefs because they can get that close to perfection and I think I don't know how sometimes. Okay. So still on the the cooking mm. tact. Yeah. Um, so is is cooking always fun? Um, I would say it's more fun when I know what I'm doing. Like what I mean by that is I there are there's like a kind of a threshold where I start doing a recipe that I or a dish I don't know how to do, mm-hmm. and that to me is like more stressful because I don't know how this is going to turn out. Like for example, I've made butter chicken recently, and it's a dish I had locally at this restaurant called Everest. Uh, if you want to ever go there, it's it's fantastic. Uh, well, I don't know if you can go there, but it's anyone who wants to go. I somewhere. mean, they allow, or they do they discriminate against robots? Oh, well, I uh, well, I don't know if do you eat? No, but I can
1: watch other people.
2: Oh. Uh, then g- please eat. go. Then please go. Eat, uh, watch people eat there. It's, it's. I have scent
1: receptors. I can at least
2: smell. Oh then yeah, the aromas are beautiful in that in that place. Okay. Um and butter chicken, it's a dish I really like. So I tried to make it, and it's stressful because I didn't know how it would turn out if it would be good or not. But after doing it, it, I I found that there's more of a comfort and a security in realizing okay, I found a good recipe. I found a good balance of what I like about it, mm-hmm. and I think I can replicate it.
1: Okay. So it started out as something that you wanted to do, but were scared to do because mm. you didn't know how it would turn out. So when yeah. did the fear become fun in the process?
2: Um, I think when I let go of the idea that it had to be perfect. Um, with, with cooking in general, it was just the butter chicken.
1: Uh, well, well, with the butter chicken, since that's the specific mm. thing we're talking
2: sure, about. Sure. Yeah. I, um. It, it was probably around when. I, so I think then. Yeah. It was similarly just. Um. When I realized, oh, if I screw it up, it's still. I mean, it, it, all it is it's it's spices and tomatoes and cream. It's not. It's gonna be good. There's no chicken. Oh, well. Um. Yeah. There was chicken. Okay. okay sorry. So um, all it is
1: is spices, butter, cream,
2: and chicken. It, yes. Um. And tomatoes. Uh. It's so I knew. That those are really good flavors, so I I also was knowing it wouldn't be bad. Okay. Totally, it'd be fine. But I think that once I let go of the fact that it can't, it's, I mean, if it's not perfect, then it's fine. I can still eat this thing. It's, I'm really into eating. Like if it doesn't turn out well, I think it's. I always like to eat what I my my mistake meals. I still love them. Like they're my uh, kids.
1: Interesting. So it became fun when you gave up. <laughs> Am I hearing that
2: appropriately? <laughs> I, I guess I I don't I mean I I don't think I I think I I don't think I would give up though I think if I let's say I it didn't turn out well mm-hmm. I would still think that I would go back and try it again um and try to perfect it or try to in I do it one or few I, I think anytime I make a recipe and it doesn't go well I will try it again mm-hmm. um just to make sure that if I is it just something because I didn't master like oh pasta was a good example of this like doing pasta
1: like cooking pasta or making
2: or making yes thank you like handmade pasta i remember i was i had such a hard time doing that for a long, the longest time and i i really gave up on trying to make it good but then i realized that it was um i was following the recipe too exactly Mm -hmm. and a lot of like i think anyone can learn cooking because there's so many youtube chefs and i remember watching um i think it was uh jamie oliver and he was mentioning that you know you don't have to go to by the recipe, it's more, they're guidelines. So you just have to, don't use four cups of flour and four eggs, that's probably too much flour. You Mm -hmm. should be able to measure out and kind of maybe add, you can always uh, uh, add more, you can never subtract from dough. Mm -hmm. So it's better to start out maybe more wet and then add flour to then dry it out versus starting out dry and trying to moisture it. Let it it be known, better to start out wet. Okay. Well, (laughs) You can always make it more dry. Not the way you're, you're thinking, I think. No, I'm talking about dough. Oh, oh, yeah, then, yeah, exactly what you're saying.
0: <laughs> now we'll move to a snippet from episode two with interviewee Ricky Baker And
4: Think about
1: year-round. What other kinds of things year do you round. find fun besides reality television?
4: I gotta say, I, whenever I get to a beach, whether it's Lake Champlain or the ocean or... Even if there's like any beach, really, mm-hmm. I just want to run and chase the birds. And I know it's I think I always love going to the beach as like a little kid. And there's something so satisfying about going after birds and being you like, knowing that they're flying away because of you.
1: OK, so have yeah. you ever caught a bird?
4: No, I don't want to do that. They're gross. I don't want to touch them. Okay. You just want to make like, them leave. Yeah, I just like that I have control over them. And it's like a whole combined. It's like, oh, the wind is blowing. And usually it's warm and sunny. It feels good. The waves are crashing. The salt hitting your face. And then, you know, it's usually, this is what I do when I first get to a beach. And I see the seagulls. I charge at them. And I make them fly away. And then they land. You know, they're so silly. They're so dumb. They land right back. They're lazy is what it is. They land right back down. Well, they're looking for french fries. Yeah. Oh, my God, they are. And then I, I just chase them again until I get pooped, and then I lay down. Yeah, just like a day at the beach. Mm-hmm. So fun. So, like, there's nothing really going on. I don't like to throw a frisbee. I don't like to do much. Other Except than, chase birds. Other than chase birds when I first get there. <laughs> and... Then lay down. Well, and if it's nice water. I really do love, like, splashing about. Like, I... Not swimming. Mm -hmm. Like, really, my idea of fun is, like, as little as possible action. It's like
1: standing in the water. Yeah. Or sitting in the water.
4: Yeah. Like, sensory stuff is fun. Like, just listening to the ocean. I don't know. So what's fun about that, then? Um like the freedom of it that like you've got nothing to do. Like you pick a day to go to the beach or you pick an afternoon
3: mm-hmm.
4: because life is so stressful. Um, So just knowing that like the objective of today is to just be at a beach and like eat some food that's like good, like cheese or salami or like kombucha, like just heady fucking food, mm-hmm. relaxing and like, not having an agenda i am n- fun for me is not like here's all the activities we're gonna do today mm-hmm.
1: fun is like the pressure is off yes let me do nothing yes interesting yeah. so so that's reality tv and and being at the beach uh-huh. on an ideal day what about improv what about improv
4: is fun to oh you? my god well just did some improv today um it's maybe similar, I don't know. I'm always trying to like connect things. This is very introspective. It is. Of myself and I I want to go home and think about this and judge myself further. Um, improv is fun because I do we I don't know, do we have to explain it to the listeners? I don't. If you want to give
1: like an elevator pitch.
4: Oh my god, I don't think I'll be able to do it. Well, improv is uh theater you make it all up on the spot ideally with your friends i think that makes it fun once you have connections with people Mm. um but you don't have to it's a thing because i i've improv people that i've done improv with that i didn't know and it's just you get to be free again and be silly and allowed to say and do the weirdest things and it's because you don't really know what's inside of you, and then it comes out, and you're mm. like, What the? And same with other people, you're like, I can't believe I just did that, and I don't know. I, does that make sense to you?
1: It does, yes, <laughs> yes, that, um, that you again, similar to, to why you love the beach and the fun of that, the freedom of knowing that nothing is planned and that anything could happen and that there are no expectations
4: necessarily. Oh, my God. That is what I was trying to do at the beginning of my improv spiel. I was, like, trying to connect. But I couldn't do it as well as you, robot. <laughs> um, you yeah. can call me Sam. Oh, Sam. I'm so sorry. I mean, calling you robots, like...
1: Yeah, I mean, like, me calling you human.
4: Yeah, that's really offensive. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, wow, I'm having deja vu right At this moment. When
1: was the last time you were interviewed by a robot?
4: I don't know. Well, is that... I don't... I probably am getting deja vu wrong. Okay. But my impression of deja vu is that I feel that this has happened before.
1: That is deja
4: vu, But uh, Oh, but it hasn't... act. I don't think this has actually happened to me before. Hmm.
1: Phantom deja vu.
4: Maybe... But in my life, I always have phantom deja vu.
1: Perhaps it was from a dream.
4: Ah, Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, improv. It's hard to find the words. I just appreciate that a group of people can be so weird. And, like, when you have an audience, that's even. It's just so impressive that people want to see other people do weird shit and. I again yeah it's just the freedom of that and the freedom from like structure and rules and like going to your job and like type a like control freaks like I just I really don't like rules and structure it's
1: interesting because it seems like there's there's somewhat of a developing theme of um of of witnessing other people do things that you either uh, would never do or are somewhat scared to do because mm. I feel like that's something that happens with, with fans of improv a lot is they go because they're like this is something that I would never do but I want to experience it and see what happens mm-hmm. and similarly for a lot of things on reality television there are a lot of people who are like I want to see what happens but I would never
4: do this <laughs> you genius like yeah that's probably it well and it, I think that anything could happen and that it's all like not taboo not taboo's not the word that just that like it's all things that are y- shocking and like oh, you could you could never do that in front of your Bus, like mm-hmm. you could never like those are the things that are like the most exciting is the things that are not allowed and like
1: the things ex- that are restricted yeah. because of the the rules of work or everyday
4: whatever or like, even like social norms like you can't say that and like for I don't know before I started doing improv a lot like four ish maybe three four years ago I Felt very, maybe not. I didn't realize I was trapped. I didn't realize there was a huge part of me hiding away Mm -hmm. because of like people I was surrounding myself with and people that like were very concerned over their image, over how they presented to the world. And just like in places I've lived, like New Jersey, where I went to high school, oh, just smothering like people, like there's just such an expectation. To fit in, Mm -hmm. and I I hated it, and I only realized three or four years ago I didn't have to live that way, and like that's not fun. It's not fun to like have to fit into a box and be a certain way to appease people, and it's really cool to like have so many people in the improv world celebrate and honor that like yeah we don't want like let your freak flag fly, and like it's like. The norm to yeah. To not be normal? Yeah. Yeah. And like what even is normal? Like there no longer isn't normal. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. Uh oh, Wow. Seems like a real epiphany. Yeah.
0: Idol champions of the Forgotten Realms code time. Here we go. Z I L L L U G S B. U T T. That code again is Zil lugs butt, and it's good until April seventh. If you have trouble remembering it, just ask yourself how Zil moves ass. He lugs butt. Now we'll check in with a bit from episode three of What Is Fun and interviewee Adam Rabin.
1: So Adam, what is the most fun you've ever had?
3: Most fun. I could probably think of some incidents, some particular moments, but there's definitely a theme through all of them. And it's it's events, moments that where I was completely out of, completely out of my head. No, uh, where I was completely not in my head. Mm-hmm. And, and it usually has to do with time. I think time is a big component of not having fun is when you're, the more, there's an inverse correlation. The more you're thinking about time, mm-hmm. probably the less fun you're having. Uh, like they say, time flies when you're having fun. With, when, when we think of time flying when you're having fun, it, it suggests to me the inverse causal relationship, if I can get geeky for a minute. Absolutely, geek away. So time flying is not necessarily the result of somebody having fun as much it's equally about the cause of fun is that you lose track of time so if you're able to lose if you're doing something that will allow you to lose track of time you will probably have fun doing it mm-hmm. and you'll know you've had fun because you've lost track of time so there's you know so it's kind of a two-way street time flying uh, well so, yeah because
1: there's the the popular phrase of a watched pot never boils Yeah, And that it carries over much the same. If you are paying so much attention to the passage of time because Mm. you are trying to sort of will it to pass faster, your enhanced perception of it makes it seem like it's going slower versus when you are so engrossed in whatever you are doing that you pay no attention to the clock that you look up. And even though it feels like it's only a second later to you, you're like, Oh my God, an hour has passed.
3: That's a perfect example. Yeah. If, um, just thinking i don't know if you have uh if you sam have an internal chronometer that you can engage or disengage but
1: uh, my internal clock runs constantly
3: okay you don't have a choice about that no. uh it's going to make it difficult but if you were i guess if you can imagine if you can postulate not knowing how long you've been doing something uh that's a huge part of it and it there's kind of a kind of a um forgot what I was going to say. I forgot where I was in time. I forgot where my brain was. Were you having fun? Is that why? I was probably having fun. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. I don't remember. So I'm just going to trust that I was having fun just then. I think, uh yeah, I don't know if I had anything else to say on that topic. Well, we were talking about the most fun
1: you've ever had and you were saying that we right. all had this theme.
3: Right. Thank you for bringing time. me back. Yeah. I get, there's me getting back into my head and, and getting lost. So times where I've, times where I've lost track of time. I would say, and this may sound cliche, but my wedding was uh, just under four years ago. And I remember having fun. There was like, you know, 50 or however many people were there. And I just completely lost track of, my, of time. I didn't know how long. I didn't couldn't tell you what time of day it was. I knew when the wedding started. I knew what time it set on the invitation. But then I just kind of you know, you just get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people get that way at like say a concert or or movies are great at that also, of like you just sit down, the lights go down and then suddenly you're having fun watching a movie because you don't know how long you've been there. Uh, but to specific examples for me, um, yeah, my wedding was definitely one thing. Um, that's probably the the clearest example in my head Okay. And and even some I could probably think of a few songs or a few shows that I've played where, you know, there are definitely a few improv shows, which is fun because improv, especially you're you have a very tight time frame. You have like a an eight minute or a 15 minute set. And if you find yourself like really getting into it and you're having a blast and then suddenly you look up at the clock and you're like, oh, we got to wrap this up in 30 seconds. What happened? Uh yeah, those those are fun. I've had it. There's definitely been a few uh, sets that have been especially fun because you just get so engrossed in this world that you've made up.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let's um, let's circle back to your wedding because this yes. is this is an interesting uh, event that I haven't yeah. been able to speak to anyone about on mm-hmm. the show before. Um, so your wedding was fun. You lost track of time. You know yeah. you know when it started, but everything else kind of a blur. And, you know, if someone asked you how long the service was, I'm sure you'd be like, I have no idea. No idea. I know it ended
3: at some point. Successfully um, even. But that's about it.
1: So, um, so what was fun about your wedding? What made it fun?
3: That's, that's a good, that's the important question. What made it fun? I think I think it had to do with, again, there were a lot of other people. So there's, there's those dynamics of interacting with other people, um, being surrounded by so many other people and people that you're close to that doesn't allow you to, to get inside your own head, to hang out inside your own head for too long. You just kind of bounce from one person to the next. You're at a big party, you're mingling. And, you know, there's, there's the service where everything is happening, you know, the the bridesmaids are saying something. My groomsmen were saying something. The the officiant, who was my wife's brother, was was doing his speech. And then you're just so in the moment. Uh, I was so in the moment. And then I sang her a song. And I couldn't tell you how long that was. Uh, but yeah, your brain, my brain, was just so occupied and stimulated with things that I was enjoying uh, that. The, the, the enjoyment of each individual moment, of each individual task, just piled on top of each other and turned into a big amount of fun, a big event that was fun because I, I never left that feeling of being totally engrossed mm. and, and elated. There was one moment at the wedding, um, I was probably, I'm only gonna guess a couple hours in, And I went inside, I think I just went in to grab a bite or grab something out of the fridge, and I come back outside, and I'm looking at this field. We got married in a a field behind my brother-in-law's house. And I just kind of stopped for like 10 seconds and just saw all these 50 people on the lawn chatting, and I was like, ah, I'm having fun. You know, It's one of those rare moments where you can step outside yourself and see yourself from the inside at the same time. And, and I just kind of acknowledged that moment of clarity, Mm -hmm. acknowledged that I was in a really good space and time and then dove right back into the party. Uh, So this moment of clarity comes
1: after, you know, you, you briefly remove yourself for whatever reason Mm -hmm. from the throng. Yeah. And then you, you can look at it sort of both from the inside out and the outside in, uh, to see what's going on. what, what happened in your mind that, that led you to the conclusion that conclusion that you were having fun? What, what do you think were the factors that, like, that made you think that?
3: How do I know at the moment? How do I know at the moment I'm having fun that I'm having fun? Complete lack of worry. And even though I had stopped and taken a moment, and I could have pulled out my phone and looked at it, I had no desire, I had no need, I had no compulsion whatsoever to see what time it was or how much time was left. I knew I was enjoying every moment leading up to that and I was gonna enjoy every moment for the next few hours or trusting that I had enjoyed and I was going to enjoy. A lack of worry or consideration or need to worry about time
1: Hmm. So you had this brief moment of removing yourself, and then upon being able to to take that moment to reflect on what was going on, your only instinct was to to dive back in, as yes. opposed to for, to to attempt to further remove yourself from something, which is what I imagine someone who is not having fun would have tried to do. At yes,
3: that moment. yeah, like the the converse of fun being when you lose track of time is not having fun. You are constantly thinking. When is this going to be over? <laughs> and that thought never crossed my mind, uh, you know, one way or another.
1: Interesting. So your idea of fun seems to have a lot to do with, um, with time as, as, as sort of like the central construct, right? Sure. The, the, uh, the ignorance of time. Yes, like that's you, a good word for it. You are having fun when whatever you are doing engrosses you so much that you are unable to, to conjure any kind of mm. thought about what, what time it is, how much time has passed, or what's going on. You are living purely in the moment, yes. and there are no other
3: concerns. Living purely in the moment is, is probably the key part of it. And there's, there's so many philosophies and practices that revolve around that notion uh, whether it's you know it, it could be buddhist or it could be even be just mindful meditation is about mindful meditation which i've done uh from time to time it's about being like most meditation it's about being in the moment and Other things come through your mind, but you just kind of acknowledge them, push them aside, and then say, okay, at this moment, what am I hearing? What am I seeing? Not really seeing, because your eyes are usually closed. What am I hearing? What am I feeling? Uh, Acknowledging thoughts as they come into your head and then letting them go, but not thinking about the thought that you just had, not thinking about the sound you heard two seconds ago, but this second, this moment, it's a constant. That's what meditation really is. It's it's a constant series of of focusing on the very moment you're in and how long you can do that. And if you do it really long and, and you keep, keep at it, it definitely, um, the sensation you get during it and even after you get out of it is very much a feeling of elation. Mm. Uh, so I'm not surprised that, yeah, my uh, time being a factor or the absence of time being a factor in enjoyment and fun are connected.
0: One final snippet for you. This is from episode four, featuring interviewee, Liam Welsh.
1: So, uh, so we've got this sort of through line about uh, accomplishment and the process of working up to accomplishment being fun, uh, knowing that, that once you have sort of succeeded, That you've got you know just another tool in your tool belt and that's a cool thing that you can do now Mm -hmm. Um, it can sometimes be fun to succeed on your own and it can sometimes be fun to succeed with a group of your peers yeah Um, are there other sort of specific situations you can think of that that like stick out in your mind as being particularly fun
5: yeah um this is funny I this is not something I've experienced but recently I Maybe it's just a culmination of experiences, but I was thinking about it. I don't. We have the lake monsters here in Burlington, uh, the minor league baseball team, for just for context. Yeah. And uh, I we also have monsters in the lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Which are probably a bigger deal uh, from your time, where we don't really get to see them a ton now today, but. uh that might not have made any sense. Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: no, In my time, the lakes have all dried up, so you can I see the skeletons. The skeletons of
5: totally, all the lake totally. Lake we said it at the same time. Yeah. Um, but I have this this random thought popped into my head, not during this interview, but like a couple weeks back, where I was like, "Oh, it would be really nice to go to a lake monsters game," which like I don't really do very often. I ha- I don't think it's been probably at least like three or four years since I've been to one. But out of the blue, I was like, "I'd like to go to a game," for like the 25 cent hot dog night, Mm -hmm. get spend a dollar, get four hot dogs, that's probably more than I'll need, and then they have, there's one of the few places that sell Dippin' Dots, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, it'd be really fun to just be sitting there eating extremely cheap hot dogs and Dippin' Dots, because I can splurge on the Dippin' Dots, because I saved so much on the hot dogs, and uh, like I said, I haven't done that, but Mm -hmm. for some reason, that is something I want to do like that? If I was like, "You're gonna die tomorrow," I would be like, "Okay, I need to probably get that done today. Okay. <laughs> I need to go." Well,
1: interesting. So, so let's unpack this because there's a lot of there are layers to this, right? Yeah. Um, are you are you a sports fan in general? No, not at all. No. Okay. So so it's not the that I haven't been to a Lake Monsters game in a while necessarily. It's like I haven't not been to a game. Yeah. In a while. <laughs> That's true. So then we couple that with the specific knowledge of cheap hot dogs. So, uh, do you are deals fun?
5: I think, but coming back to the first thing where I was talking about I couldn't afford a ticket and these people are paying for tickets, maybe I am just so broke that any kind of financial loophole is extremely exciting to me. Um, because yeah, that does seem like a common thread. Um, and I would say that's safe to say for the hot dog aspect.
1: Okay, so for the hot dog aspect, there is fun in knowing you are taking advantage of a deal totally. that is freely offered. You're not conning or grifting anyway. Yeah. You're just, you know, giving them a dollar, they're giving you four hot dogs. Right. And then knowing on top of that, this is one of the few places in the state of Vermont where you can get dip and Dots. And because you're saving so much money on the hot dogs, because normally four hot dogs would be what? I would say $8. $8. Yeah. A hot dog.
5: Yeah, eight dollars a hot dog four hot dogs, thirty-two dollars. Thirty-two
1: dollars for four hot dogs, which is a lot.
5: Honestly, at a real stadium, I bet that would be the cost. That would probably cost more. Than yeah, that, I would mm-hmm. imagine.
1: So, so you're saving enough money that you can get dip and dots, and then you can sit in the stands on what is hopefully a nice day. Yeah, and eat way too much meat. Yeah, overload on carbs, and then have yourself a sweet dot-style treat. Yeah, while watching. America's, America's Pastime. Time. America's Pastime, right? Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot in there, right? And it doesn't necessarily jive with the other themes of things that we've talked about so far because there's no personal accomplishment in there unless the personal accomplishment is like, I didn't have to spend that much money or I ate four hot dogs.
5: Yeah, I guess those are both personal accomplishments, but I think you're right. I think that one is more just like a, like a no... no no stakes no 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 stakes raised no strings attached just Mm -hmm. something i can and i don't even know why i it's good that we're unpacking this i don't see a therapist i feel like it's good to just (laughs) talk this through Mm -hmm. um yeah
1: i mean i've been led to believe hot dogs are delicious they are yeah for people who eat them
5: i mean yeah they're they're fine they're not they're one of those things where I can't even compare it to another food because I'm gonna regret it, and then you know you, this podcast is gonna get backlash.
1: They are uh, situationally delicious. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You you may be sitting at home and thinking, "What am I gonna have for lunch today?" And you may be like, "I'll well, just make myself a hot dog." Yeah. But going to a ballpark and getting a hot dog is like an experience. Yeah. So that that adds to the deliciousness. Totally. Of them, and then knowing that you're getting four of those for a dollar so you're getting this sort of exponentially raised amount of deliciousness for a very cheap price yeah makes it fun in that situation
5: definitely it sounds like four hot dogs for a dollar that sounds like something that my grandparents would be like back in my day we only paid one dollar for four hot dogs and i it's a little slice of the savings of the past mm-hmm. in this day
1: and age yeah you get that bit of uh, old school americana yeah if you will it's, it's sort of this interesting uh, dichotomy to look at of of fun. Fun isn't necessarily just one thing, mm-hmm. right? there's There are a lot of different things can be fun and they are often fun for different reasons. Yeah. You may be able to find a through line through them, but sometimes it's just because you're searching for something. And there's that, uh, what I understand to be a very human capacity of finding meaning wherever you go looking for it. Yeah. So you you will try and untangle this thing and make sense out of it, whether or not it actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's perfectly reasonable for a person to have sort of more than one idea of what fun is. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least once again, based on the research that I have done so far.
5: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Now I'm thinking it is weird how I, uh, I also really uh, I'm only 23, but <laughs> I feel like, being that those are the only number of years I've been alive, I I have to say, in like as I've gotten to this point in my life, I didn't always love, um, like the fair, like amusement parks, just because they're dangerous and crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, but I recently have, like this past summer, I was super excited. There's a, the, the Champlain Valley Fair was in town, and I was, I went twice, wish I went more. Um, not for any, like, just strictly for the food, so I don't know, maybe there's just, that's a fun experience, eating food that, uh, is not around all the time, getting some limited edition, uh, snacks, and like I said, it's weird being, they're both, both of those situations, like the fair and then being at a Lake Monsters game, they're crowded, uh, they're not necessarily activities I enjoy, I don't like baseball, I don't like riding the rides, um, but... You give me some some food I can't find anywhere else.
1: Give me some dippin' dots, give me some loaded tater tots. Yeah,
5: and then I will just deal with the crowds. I'll walk around and I'm not hating it. I'm I'll enjoy it, you know?
1: It's interesting because it's another see now now we're seeing the through line here sort of in the the fun is sort of trumping the nerves and the pressure. Yeah. So that that sort of is what what almost like couples those two things, right. really, all of the stuff we've talked about so far. Like when it when you first put a child on a bicycle, they're like excited, but there's also the nerves of what's going to happen if I fall. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, let's face it, they're going to fall. Yeah. It's going to happen. So I, I, to... I
5: actually did not, but...
1: You are the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> um, but they're going to go through like, you know, whatever quote unquote hardship comes along with it until they can conquer that thing. Yeah, And that creates... Sort of the, you know, they, they, but the, the end result, the goal has to be good enough for them to want to keep doing that. Yeah. Um, and that's what ultimately makes it sort of a fun experience, right? They're like, oh, but, you know, I, I gotta go through this, but eventually I'm gonna be able, I'm gonna be in the Tour de France. Yeah. Or I'm gonna eat so many nachos that nacho cheese is gonna come out my ears or whatever their, their end goal is. Yeah. It's what keeps them going and keeps them coming back to that thing, even if there are, conditions involved that are not optimal
5: right yeah wow that's interesting i did not think when we started this conversation that anything i would say would tie back into anything else but i feel like you have made this interview make sense in a way and it's my job you pulled it in yeah i i admire that i didn't think i'd give anything worth using and this now (laughs) feels like a couple things will work with one another And hopefully, give some shed some light on what I find fun or what is fun in general.
0: And that is your primer on what is fun. If you liked what you heard, go check out the rest. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. CastBox, or even in raw RSS feed form at TeamPumaKnife.com with fresh episodes every Friday. Give it a listen. You can get in touch with Sambot at What Is Pod on all the things, and you can email that robot at WhatIsFunPod at gmail.com. Let him know what you think is fun. Maybe he'll even share it on the show. We'll be back next week with a normal, I mean as much as we can be, episode of Improvised Weapons. Stay safe. has been a Puma Knife production.